Welcome to the Out of Darkness Podcast, Episode 2, Bell Witch Part 1. As I said, welcome to the Out of Darkness podcast show. I'm your host, Brent. This is the show where we discuss all things supernatural, paranormal, and strange phenomena. But we have these conversations by analyzing them from the lens of scripture and using a biblical worldview. So today's show is going to be the introduction to the Bell Witch. Uh, This is a story that goes back well over 200 years at this point, and it's super important to understand who we're talking about first. So I'm not just going to jump into the paranormal activity necessarily. I'm not going to just start talking about the witch and what type of haunting it is or anything like that. We need to get a baseline. And and that baseline is understanding the who. Uh, So we're going to talk about uh, the Bell family uh, just briefly and a little bit of history of the land and uh, kind of what is leading up to our next episode. Uh, So in this episode... uh, Please uh, stay with me and uh, join me on the on the journey here, and uh, just kind of explore who the Bell family was. So we'll start with John Bell Sr. He was born in Halifax County of North Carolina in 1750. He was the son of a farmer, businessman, and a very prominent citizen in the local area of North Carolina. And because of this, John got the best education of the day. He also became a very good businessman and farmer because of his father's influence, and uh, he was very prominent in uh, Halifax County. And as most of us men, along comes a woman that changes uh, changes our lives. The woman is none other than Lucy Williams. Lucy Williams was the daughter of John Williams of Edgecombe County, North Carolina. John Williams was a prominent man of the area and, again, was a businessman. Because of the society circles, both John Bell and Lucy Williams, they knew each other. It was said that Lucy was beautiful and had all the qualities to make, uh, of the day to make her a desirable, desirable woman. John Bell was smitten with her the first time they had met. In 1782, John Bell asked John Williams, Lucy, uh, Lucy's father, for her hand in marriage. Mr. And Mr. Williams accepted that proposal. John Bell and Lucy Williams were married that year. As a gift to his daughter, Mr. Williams gave his daughter a young slave woman named Chloe and her son Dean to help the couple on their new farm. Chloe had eight children of her own, and her son Dean is really the only one that's mentioned anywhere as far as documentation uh, related to the Bell Witch is concerned. I'm sure there's others, but he's the main one that's always talked about. Uh, But we're going to focus more on Dean specifically in in episodes to come. John and Lucy Bell had six children of their own while they were still in North Carolina. Uh, But by the time of what I'm calling the witch years, they had nine children. The names of their children from oldest to youngest were Jesse, John Jr., Drury, Benjamin, Esther, Zadok, Elizabeth, Richard Williams, and Joel Igbert. Now, one thing to point out is that the Bells were devout Baptists and were very involved in the church. 
in this time, the whole community was the church. So most of the stories that are related to the journal of Richard Williams and his journal is titled Our Family Troubles were related to the church, church events, and, and really the people of the church community of the time. When the Bell family decided to move from North Carolina to the Red River area of Tennessee, it was between the years of 1804 and 1806, and that depends on what sources you read. Today, that area is known as Adams, Tennessee, but at the time it was known as Adams Station. The family of John and Lucy decided to move for a few reasons. There's mainly two reasons that are found that are documented. The first is that they already had uh, two families that they actually knew in the area. Both were actually preachers that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, and they were good, very, very good friends with them. Uh, and it was through these friends that they all, all ultimately made the decision to, to relocate to Tennessee. But there was another reason, too. And uh, this one is actually kind of resonates even still today with Tennessee. Uh, it was considered the land of opportunity. Uh, it had rich soil. Uh, a lot of land was available. And there was just a lot of business opportunities for, for John to be able to make a, a successful farm and business. And sure enough, that's what he does. Originally, John Bell, when he bought the property, it was around 1,000 acres, and it was right on the Red River. So if you can imagine a big house uh, on top of the hill that has the river, that, that, was, that was John Bell. That was John Bell Sr., the cave and the museum now are only about 250 acres, roughly. 100 of those acres are actually still farmed today with, uh, with tobacco and have been for, the, for about the last 30 years by the current owners. Not only does this river have a rich history, but the land all around it also has a, a very, very rich history. After a few years, John Bell once again, as I said, built a successful farm and business. It was in a short time that he became a very prominent man in the Red River community. He was generous and loved to open up his home to guests and strangers passing through. Again, I just want to, to make this clear. He was very devout to his family and his church. It was said in M.V. Ingram's book, An Authenticated History of the Famous, of the famous Bell Witch, the land had always been filled with strange and paranormal phenomenon. The locals around the area experienced all different types of manifestations and weird things happening on the land even before it was bought by John Bell Sr. And to point out, the land around the Red River was once occupied by several different indigenous tribes. And these tribes are, are quite literally all over the place, but for the context that we're using here, uh, they were in Tennessee, Kentucky, and really, honestly, throughout the whole region. It's an, it's, that's really important to know and understand about the, the Bell family farm. Uh, the two main tribes were the Choctaw and the Cherokee. But even before them, it was occupied. Uh, and it may surprise you as to who occupied it before, even before them. Uh, and, and the reason why this is so interesting is, is really because of the next name that I'm about to say. They found Indian mounds on the property. And these go back thousands of years, uh, at least at least two millennia. Uh, and these people were that they they called them the Mississippi Indian Mound people. 
because they really have no real idea as to who they were and what their customs were uh, or anything like that. But they are the ones that built these mounds. And as I said, these tribes go back thousands of years, so it's really, it's really hard to explain what the rituals were or what they performed. Obviously, they did leave a mark on the land, uh, one of which uh, is the mound. And I believe that the, that the mound is, is considered sacred land and hollowed ground to those people. That's going to be an important uh, note uh, for future episodes, actually. Which is, I, I think that's why the phenomena has really been happening for several hundred years. Uh, but it, anyways, let's, let's move on from there. By the time John Bell Sr. purchased the land, both the Choctaw and the Cherokee tribes had abandoned the area for about two centuries. Now, they have found a lot of artifacts on the property. Uh, and they, they, these artifacts date back hundreds, of, if not even thousands of years. And this is what's interesting. So scholars have a theory as to why both tribes left the area. Both tribes, they don't claim any remains found. So any artifacts, any remains, they, they don't claim them, which is quite interesting. Uh, and archaeologists have found multiple burial sites on the property. Uh, and and they, they're estimated, they, they've confirmed at least 60 uh, burial sites uh, as far as just remains but they think that there actually could be in upwards of 100. Uh, and again, with the, with the remains that are found, uh, with, the, with the bodies and stuff that they've exhumed, again, neither Choctaw or Cherokee uh, claim them. So it's, it's almost as if the very thought of being on this land incites fear into the tribes. But, but why? So there's a legend that I want to share about the Red River itself. Uh, this legend is, is, is some believe that there was horrific battles between the tribes and, and so many were killed in these, in these battles that it painted the river red with blood. Or it could be the clay mud stirring up, you know, with the flow of the river. But who knows? You know, the first one could be true. <laughs> uh, could it be that the Bell family farm is is cursed uh could it be these tribes put a curse on the land and the cave or what is that's what is it that's happening that's supernatural and paranormal could that could that go deeper than a curse i think we have to ask ourselves that question if a curse is at play and real how does that affect us today i think there's a lot of reasons as to why paranormal phenomenon is happening. Uh, and again, we're, we're going to talk farther about some, some camps with the Bell family as far as, you know, whether they're cursed or, or what, what could have been the reason as to why they were chosen specifically to be the first true American haunting. And we'll take a look at the claims, and uh, the next episode we're going to go into the witch and the paranormal activity and in a, in a few different other areas. Uh, so mainly, yeah, so that's, that's, really, that's really the, uh, the quick rundown, honestly, of the family. 
Uh, there's definitely more that could be mentioned. I, I highly recommend uh, to read M.V. Ingram's book. Uh, what's so interesting about that is, is that most of the books after that, even with the previous owners, before the, the, the Kirby family owned, has owned it, uh, all those books actually reference his. So if you want to get a really good fundamental understanding of, you know, the type of history that's that's in and around this case and uh, the, the who's who and the, what, the what's what, this is just a very quick summary of just, you know, the land and the family. Uh, and, and I think that as episodes go on, it'll, it'll become more clear as to what's going on or what could be going on. Uh, going on. So if you have any ideas for, for, uh, for future episodes that you'd like to hear or just inqu inquiries, uh, please feel free to contact us on Instagram or Facebook via Out of Darkness Podcast or email us in, in, dark, uh, in darkness into light at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and never forget that you ultimately have the choice in choosing what you believe and who, who you believe in. That's not for me to decide. Until next time, have a great one. Peace and love.